This is Nicholas Manson. I'm here to tell you, if the relationship's gonna be dull, get to the courthouse quick and in all. She meant nothing to me. That's another episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering. Here's Foggy. Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 24. We are recording live on March 31st. If we were to take a little stroll back in history, we would find out there was a pretty significant day back in 1949. On this day, RCA Victor introduced the first 45 RPM single record, and that changed history forever. Also, back in 1967, Jimi Hendrix set fire to his guitar for the first time on stage. Coincidentally, that guitar later sold for 280,000 pounds. So... March 31st, we're in good company tonight. I'm your host, Foggy. With me always are JPP. Howdy, howdy. And Teabags. Teabags, too hot for TV. What is up? <laughs> <laughs> but apparently not too hot for Zoom, so. No. Yeah. That is correct. <laughs> the way your uh, ang- camera angle is right there, you kind of have that, uh, I can't remember the guy's name from uh, Home Improvement, where you kind of hung over the fence. That's and just, Wilson. Yeah, that, Wilson, that's the guy, yeah. So, yes. you know, just provide some sage wisdom here and there, and I think we'll be all set. Yeah, if I had a little bit of time, I'd build like a small fence. Just to put right here. <laughs> I'm going to build you one. Please do. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I'm coming to the end of my spring break. So it's back to work for me tomorrow. Oh, man. It's, oh, I'm it's sorry. Sad. But um, before we begin, I just want to share a uh, kind of a fun little story. Interesting. I mean, it's a short story. But so, yeah. as you know, we, we do the fights every weekend. We have people come over. And um, Kyle, friend of the show, he came over and brought his son and his friend with him. And uh, it was just uh, pretty heartening to see the two boys, the entire night that we watched fights, they sat there and created music. They worked together and they were writing notes and doing things on their phone. And, and when they weren't doing music, they were designing wheels for skateboards. So it was nice wow. to see them not playing video games or not doing uh, some other dumb assery, but actually um, creating and doing something really cool. So I was really heartened by that. The young kids, they're both 13 and uh, they had some recorded video and uh, audio that they had of them playing and uh, it was it was refreshing and they were good and i can't wait to see what they come up with next good fun man that's cool good for them mm-hmm. yeah that's good to see the creative spirit is alive so yes sir yes indeed t-bags how was your week um it was pretty good i don't have much to like of interest <laughs> <laughs> i'm alive and kicking and here at the podcast and that's what i look forward to so did you have a chance to work on the challenge i did and this challenge i was hard yes i hate you (laughs) no don't hate me hate paul yeah oh this was paul's yeah yeah i've been sorry t-bags i've been cursing you out all week i apologize i take it all back (laughs) and i throw it your direction thank you unbelievable (laughs) (laughs) all right well why don't you remind us of this challenge and then we'll uh, round table it for our uh, our three choices so this this (laughs) this challenge was take a band and take a particular song of theirs and then flip the 
the dynamic or the style, if you will. So if you have um, a metal tune, you know, do you want to hear it as an acoustic version or something like that? But it has to be the same band performing it, essentially. Um, I'm Full disclosure, this challenge was tough for me, too. I came up with two solid ones, and the third one's kind of washy. So, you know, we'll see how this uh, this plays out. Okay. Well, let's get this thing over with. <laughs> <laughs> All right, T-Bags. All right. Um, I'm going – I actually did have one that I – after doing the challenge, I really, really wanted to see changed. So uh, I'll save that for number one. So I'm going to have a kind of an order, but um, okay. one was uh, Muhammad, my friend by Tori Amos. Um, I would like to see that being done as a duet with Maynard, because if you guys have not seen it before, there was a, a point in time where she was doing um, a benefit concert and Maynard joined her for that song. And it's a very small snippet and you can catch it on YouTube. But it made me think even all the way back to when she did past the mission with Trent Reznor. It's just kind of cool to see a male vocalist duet um, with her. And so, you know, I, I'd like to see him have some input too on how the music itself changes. But as a vocal different style, I'd love to hear that be a duet. That's, that's called cheating uh, because it's already been done. No, it's only just a snippet. I cry foul. <laughs> I crawl tea bags. <laughs> that doesn't make me feel so bad because I made up my own rules. So there you go. Okay, good. good. Uh, what okay. would you come up with then, Steve? All right, my number one. And I suppose this could be done by the original band, but it's not what I had in my heart. So anyway, the song that I chose is Run to the Hills. And I would like it to be played by the Darlin family on Andy Griffith with banjos, rhythm guitar, a jug, and some foot stomping on the porch. Um, I think the juxtaposition with uh, those lyrics and that the, the simplicity of the down-home country sound would just be spectacular. That would be cool. There's actually a group, like a bluegrass group, that does metal covers. Yeah. I think they did Thunderstruck and such. Yeah, they did Psychosocial, I think. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. so we have the Oh Brother, Where Art Thou soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Smash but I guess them. I guess technically by the rules, they could play those instruments. So they yes, they could still fit. Yeah. Yes. Well, that would be interesting. Absolutely, I'm all for it. <laughs> all right, Paul. What's your first one? My first one. Funny. Tony went with Tori Amos. I also went with Tori Amos, but it was the song "Crucify." Um, it's got a very busy piano part throughout the tune, which when I first heard it, it fascinated me that she could sing and play over, you know, sing over that piano playing but um i kind of wanted to hear that envisioned with uh kind of an electric rock guitar um you know and just a general rock band layout but the uh, piano part would be tapped on the electric guitar so it's kind of proggy kind of virtuoso-esque steve Vai maybe taking the reins on that for the the backup band that kind of thing i just thought it would be interesting to hear that and then d definitely beef up the drums i mean the drums are already there anyway but um just kind of pump it up and uh, raise the roof a little bit with that number. That, that would be good to hear. I think um, it's just, it's, it's weird because Tori is such a unique style, mm -hmm. you know, but um, you know, but as far as, I don't know if you remember how she started, she was very, very poppy. Why yeah. can't Tori read, you know, mm -hmm. uh, if you guys ever heard that out, but I, I've heard a little bit of it. Yeah. But I think she's so experimental that that could work actually. Yeah. 
Yeah, certainly. You know, she, she got a little experiment. I mean, she's always experimented with some stuff and, and kind of branched out with some of the later albums, but I just thought, you know, take some of those early gems and, and really just, uh, you know, go overboard with it. See, see how that plays out. Cool. I like that one. Groovy. Round two. Fight. Oh, moving. <laughs> yeah. um, well, no one is more experimental than my next band. No doubt. Um, I want to hear. Uh, <laughs> I want to hear. Don't speak by no doubt, but done darker because, you know, I, I like them and I like Gwen Stefani, but it's it's kind of whiny, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd like to see it done darker in the sense of like someone saying don't speak, you know, but they're killing the person. The kind of if I can't have you, no one can. <laughs> you know. So you get so, a video treatment with yours too. Yeah. What's that? You get a video treatment as well. This whole thing's yeah, playing definitely. out in front of us. Okay. So, I mean, if you go back and listen to the words, um, you know, don't tell me because it hurts and all that stuff. <laughs> you know, she could be suffocating him, choking him, something. But uh, I'd like to see that one just done darker. It has the it has the the bones for it. Folks, I'm sorry we didn't say put the kids to bed if you're listening to this during the <laughs> daytime, but, you know, have them go in the other room starting now. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna want to wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's awesome. I I definitely think that would be really interesting. Um, It's kind of like the trailer for Avengers: Age of Ultron. They had that uh, uh, little ditty from Pinocchio, you know, about uh, Mm -hmm. pulling the strings, and it was real dark and just. (laughs) All right, so I chose Tori Amos because I didn't want to be left out, (laughs) and I chose Cornflake. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So. I'm not a follower like you losers. <laughs> so um, I chose Cherub Rock from Smashing Pumpkins. As well, you know, it kind of like calls out posers and people in the industry, backstabbers, all those kind of people. So it's a pretty hard rocking song. What I'd like to see is Billy on piano and Jimmy doing like a light jazz kind of riff and switch that up a little bit into more of a jazz song. Um, I listened to it again today just to kind of get the feel for it again. And I think it could work. Um, definitely toned down, slowed down a little bit, but with some nice, nice soft drumming in there, I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. That's cool. Again, Smashing Pumpkins, that feels like it's a band that could, they're experimental enough and talented enough. They could probably switch things up and actually do that. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool. My, uh, um, next pick, this is, this is one that's a lot more solid. The third one is going to be, I think, uh, may slap me around a little bit after you know my my choice but you know i was that was the first one i came up with and i was trying to come up with it. i'll put that one last and we, we can duke it out later but um air has a song called kelly watch the stars which is really cool it's got a nice wow wow bass line and uh it's got an upbeat number but uh, it's you know synths and you know it's kind of retro and and really nostalgic in that regard, but I'd like to hear it rearranged as if it was the same instrumentation as used on Blur's song two, Uh, just real fuzzy guitar and, and just kind of loud and in your face, kind of like Caius or, you know, even smashing pumpkins with the, the heavy fuzz guitar, things like that. I think it would just be interesting to see how those lyrics uh, and that groove plays out with that type of texture. Kelly watch the stars, right? Yep. Yeah, I'll put the link in the show notes for sure. If you've never heard the song, it's uh, certainly a fun little number. It's from the late 90s, and uh, it's one of the songs that definitely turned me on to that band. I like that you took a technical approach to it, too. (laughs) Well, cool. (laughs) Who would I be without any technicalities? 
Uh-huh. Easy T-Rex. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I even on a challenge that I did not find easy, I still found a way to cheat. So I have a runner-up. <laughs> I'm nothing but, you know. So, so this is not your final. This is your runner-up. This is my runner-up. Okay. I'll just mention it quickly, and then I'll do my final. But my runner-up was Big Dumb Sex by Soundgarden. Mm-hmm. which is such a fantastic album that loud love album but it's got the bones to be a pop song and with chris cornell like experimenting with timberland i would have loved to see the little b-side of that remake um but my number one and paul you may have something to say about this too but uh when hesitation marks by nine Nails came out there was a song on there called everything mm-hmm. and it was so upbeat i don't know if it's major chords or not because i don't know how that all works yeah it definitely was that's yeah. the one you're talking about yeah and it was just like it stood out in a way that you're just like trent are you all right man <laughs> exactly <laughs> it was it was so weird um i would love to see that just taken back into the more traditional nine inch nails world as much as i like when he experiments mm-hmm. um but the funny thing is given this weekend that he inducted the cure into the hall of fame mm-hmm it had such an influence if you go back and listen to it it's got a very cure sound to it yeah well so it's a good song in its, in its own right but i'd love to see it just like totally deconstructed sure yeah i could almost see it maybe being a little bit of a slower tempo and uh darkened as well not so much to the uh bleak murder scene that you described for the music video but yeah. um you know definitely kind of changed the timbre quite a bit so it's kind of droning a little bit here and there and and uh you know, the vocals maybe a little slower and really drag on everything and just kind of exaggerate it. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yes. Do it, Trent. <laughs> yeah. No pressure now. I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> he's a big fan. Mm-hmm. I didn't choose Rush for a cheap drink like Tony just did. I'm <laughs> <clears throat> pandering to our one audience member. <laughs> hey, Monday. We're going to keep him coming back. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, my song is My Way. Okay, so mm-hmm. obviously Frank is dead. He can't yes. redo his own song. So what I would like to do is give it the Pantera treatment because, are you ready? Look at, these are the most metal lyrics. But through it all, when there was doubt, I ate it up and spit it out. I faced it all and I stood tall and did it my way. The FU to the world right there. I think Pantera could do some serious damage with that song. And so that's what I would have happen to my way. I would love to see Pantera cover that, actually. Yeah, exactly. I started looking through like just a bunch of those Sinatra songs and just thought they could do some serious like rock treatment to some of those. It would be really cool. Somebody should do it or do a compilation album or something. I think that'd be really awesome. Hey, if Pat Boone can do metal, I mean, somebody can do Sinatra in a metal fashion, so. Well, that, that for the masses, Paul, that we talked about with uh, Depeche Mode tributes with a bunch. Yeah, of mm-hmm. I mean, that that could be done in that style as well. Yeah, that's a great example of this challenge for sure. I mean, Master and Servant is kind of a bossa nova, real sultry and you know sensual, yeah. and it's just like, man, I'm feeling a little naughty listening to this, <laughs> but I like it. It's okay. The kids went to bed five minutes ago. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The kids went to bed when they introduced me. <laughs> Guy sounds disgusting. <laughs> Mommy, what's a tea bags? Uh, yes. <laughs> Don't never, never in your mind. <laughs> yes. Don't yeah. 
All right. Okay. So my <laughs> my my last one, it's it's a stretch for sure because technically Trent already kind of did this, but maybe not this song. So I took head like a hole in in one of the reimagined in a solo piano fashion. Um and I, I think just because those lyrics are, you know, they're repetitive, but he certainly, you know, it builds up and, you know, the dynamics are there with the chorus. No, you can't take that away from me. And I just wondered what that would be like reimagined with, with just one instrument to work with. And the piano would be perfect because you can play the bass and the treble and, you know, all the accompaniment in, in between there. And I think that, um, it would definitely lend to kind of pouring your heart out in a more intimate fashion, um, you know, in that regard. So that one is, is basically my stretch. That was the first one I came up with when I thought about it. It's like he already did kind of a lie with an upright bass and the piano and, and things like that. But, you know, this song would be kind of cool along those lines. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there's so many like uh, the day the world went away. Mm-hmm. You know, they have that album version and they have the quiet version. And right. Uh, I feel like and had like a whole I don't know if you remember way back in the day there was like a pink cover single that came out and had like nine versions and there's one version that's really way off from the original I Um, I never heard it but I remember seeing it I think I saw an import of it yeah it was an import if I can dig it up I'll put it online somehow but that's I actually think that's a great choice that would be interesting to see it take that route cool i was wondering if you'd be like no no <laughs> technicality <laughs> no, not me. cool um we can break the lines as much as we want yeah we already do it anyway yeah this this challenge was vague anyhow so i have um metalhead money's write-ins if you guys want them oh, oh for sure mm-hmm. okay um he also gave them to me in an order uh, starting backwards with number three um he said do you want to build a snowman off of frozen He'd like to see it where both parties are over the moon about building a snowman. <laughs> and then um, he said, Canon D, um, you know, the traditional wedding song. Mm-hmm. He'd like to see that done differently because the traditional song always makes him cry. And he just wants to see something that would be less emotional. He is sentimental. He mm-hmm. is. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then this was a surprising one, but slowly we rot by obituary. Mm-hmm. He wanted to see that done as an, un, an MTV unplugged style and replace the guitar with an accordion. He told me that. I remember having that conversation with him in like ninth grade. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's where that comes from. Then. Yeah. He loves a good squeeze box. That's for sure. Yes, he does. <laughs> that's another name for T-Bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I need some new sound bites, guys. Uh, <laughs> we need squeeze box now. Every time I, yeah, Monday comes on or starts to talk, we just I need a I need a sound bite when when uh, teabags cheats that uh, you know I can play the the cheater card as well here. So <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Right on. All right. So who has the next challenge? Steve does, I believe. Right. Yeah. You I have a good one, now, Steve. I'm excited. Yeah. Let's let's. Yeah. Let's I want to hear this. Please okay. write it down. Okay. So what I would like to do, and I'm putting uh, one small little rule on the end of this. Okay, so what I would like each of you to do, we were all alive in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, right? So Mm -hmm. I would like you each to pick a song from each decade that sort of defines that decade for you. And I don't mean that you have to pick the song that everybody, you know, defines it for everybody, but for you and your, you know, personally, what is the song that makes you say that's the seventies to me? 
okay. 80s. That's the song for me. The 2000s, though, we're just going to do one because we're not technically done with the second decade of the 2000s. So we're just going to do a 2000s in general. So you're going to have four songs. I like this. All right. Okay. Yes. Yes, that's great. So my own anthems. All right. All right. Note to self, Google ABBA immediately. <laughs> oh. yeah. Damn it. Now Monday can't use Dancing Queen. No, he sure can't. Crap. That's mine. He can use Ace of Bass, though, which is pretty much the same thing, but a few years later. Yeah. They're tight. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> cool. Yes. All right. We're going to put that out there, too. I want to see if um, we can get some write ins from some folks. Sweet. Challenge accepted. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Yes. Yeah, man, I think there would be some good right. write-ins on that one as well. That's groovy. All right. Well, that brings us up to our review of the week. Before and, we uh, get started on that, I have some oh. news I'd like to chime in on, if that's cool. Absolutely. All right. So here's the deal. We reviewed Mute last week, mm-hmm. and um, I passed that over to Stephen for his own listening enjoyment. And uh, he, he was really grateful for your feedback. He was very happy that we enjoyed it. Um he let me know that when things get caught up, he will give me a shout and he would be more than happy to come on the show and talk with us. Wow. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. So um, we may have a, a cool guest come on board in the hopefully near future. So, um, but I, at the end of the conversation, I told him, thanks so much for listening. And he wrote back, thank you for listening. So I wanted to pass that along. So, you know, very, humble fella. And, and, uh, you know, he was very grateful for, for the feedback. I misspoke in that episode as well. Um, in that Facebook feed, uh, I mentioned the names I, I misspoke and, um, the gentleman that he was referring to were all very much alive. Um, in the show notes, I did put the correction of the lineup and then who it was that they lost a few years yeah. ago. So my apologies on that when I'm skimming through and, and, uh, you know, trying to, talk that's that's my fault i glazed over that and, and didn't speak correctly so but so when, you he, say, when you say who they lost you mean the guitarist that passed away yeah. okay yeah okay. yeah yeah so and I, I apologized to him up front he said don't even worry about it you know we understand stuff like that happens and we certainly laugh about the confusing nature of how our lineup works anyway so you know he's very gracious about the whole thing so cool, cool. stuff well that's awesome i'm glad that steven would be willing to come on i mean it's Two different groups, two mm-hmm. albums, and uh, six thumbs up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, essentially. Yeah. That's, yeah. One of the things I'm loving about doing these reviews is that we're finding music that we hadn't heard before. It's easy to say when our favorite thing comes out, we're going to review it, obviously. But um, you know, like those two albums, the one we did this week, I mean, we're finding some pretty solid music that um, I will definitely go back and listen to again. Yep, yeah. Same here fantastic like old times it is like old times all over again but now yep <laughs> and that brings us to beauty and chaos album <laughs> review <laughs> excuse me <laughs> it was <laughs> did that um did everybody have a chance to really dig in and get into it totally yep totally me too um, how do we want to do this? Who wants to jump in? I no, I did it my my old style way of just like putting a line with everything and kind of rating it. So mm-hmm. I can read through mine quickly. Um, mm-hmm. if you want me to jump in, okay. Yeah, go for it. Um, Road to Rosario. Uh, I really love the deep crooning. Um, uh, and there was a kind of a Hall Notes feel to it uh, musically. 
guitar accents behind it were great so um storm was one of the tracks i really liked um uh, could it kind of sounded like if someone fed an ai experiment into a computer and said make a song based on all john water soundtracks um <laughs> cool. but it was great yeah <laughs> i mean i loved it that was one of that was a standout for me uh man of faith um had a little sisters of mercy feel in there very 80s but it didn't hold me too long i think some of the pronunciations and the vocals were just not my style um century boy paul you had sent that to us earlier yeah that was definitely a standout for me that was one of the higher rated songs um right up my alley not a whole lot to say on that other than i loved it right on drifting away um good but um it just didn't fit it wasn't a fan of the course for me memory of love uh, i liked the moving drums the vocal style on top of it and it had a tad uh bowie-ish feel to the vocals if you guys certainly go back and listen to that uh look up that was my least favorite song on the on the album um never really took off no pun intended but um <laughs> unnatural disaster uh the opening music hooked me from the electron electronic like static sound and then that dirty beat and then putting uh doug pinnock and mm-hmm. ice um together was a really good thing and i came up with their hollywood mashup name which would be ice pick um, <laughs> nice. thanks uh the long goodbye uh that sounded like a tarantino soundtrack song which was great for me um beauty lies within that to me was mediocre i don't know why i think it was just too similar coming off the track before and i was listening to it straight through so um bloodless and fragile uh, that was a really high rate song for me it sounded a lot like something on natural Boar's born killers soundtrack um, but with a tad of the swans um really closed my eyes on that one and listened and one of the lines that i went back and listened to was i lose myself when i lose the spark and i loved that line for creatives i think that's true Mm -hmm. um and on the last three of the album um i will follow you i like the guitar it actually started to drift into the 90s a little bit where everything else felt 80s to me um heliotrope i like the music better than i like the vocals uh the vocals seemed mixed very high and i wasn't a fan of her voice um but then it rounded out with finding beauty in the chaos and uh, i love the build up to the noise guitar and the big drums and these like vocals resonating at the end and then the way that they f- faded the feedback at the end it kind of felt like a concert ending when the house lights would come up mm-hmm. so that was a highly rated track for me too um, oddly the whole thing got a 3.8 from me but that's not to say it's not good because i would definitely listen to this again it's just the ups and downs of it kind of rounded it out to a 3.8 but it's it's still an album that i'm glad we listened to and it's gonna make my playlist very cool sorry that was 14 tracks i had to get through that quickly beauty and chaos i did some research on this as well it's the project of a gentleman i'm gonna butcher his name i believe it's michael Cirovolo. Cirovolo. that's how he, i'm saying it <laughs> yeah, and he um, is actually the president of Schechter Guitars. Um, he's not the owner of the company, but uh, he certainly kind of runs the ship here in the U.S. And so this is kind of his his love child, if you will. And what's interesting is, I don't know, did you look at the guests and see who they were by chance? Mm-hmm. I looked at most of them, yeah. Yeah, so that's what's really cool. So like Michael Aston from Gene Loves Jezebel was on Road to Rosario. I thought that was a great opener as well. Has a great college rock vibe from some enjoyable years for me, um, if you will. And then um, Ashton Nye from The Awakening is on Storm. I, I felt like that was a great track as well. Love the deep, mellow voice to kick off the first verse. Baseline is solid. I'll definitely uh, repeat this tune for sure. And it had a great midsection breakdown. Man of Faith, you said it had a Sisters of Mercy vibe. Well, that's because uh, Wayne Hussey from Sisters of Mercy and, and Sisters of Mercy and the Mission, I'd say that quick five times, uh, is on that track, as well as Simon Gallup of The Cure. 
So uh, all I put was enough said. Um, thought that was a great tune. And then um, 20th Century Boy certainly was a nice driver. Uncle Al did a good job with uh, a nice retro tune. It had a ministry vibe, especially the way it opened with the da da and um, has a twinge of ministry with the guitar and maybe a little bit of Repco in there too. So it really played on the original. Yes. Oh, yes. Did you go, but yeah, just to kind of compare the two. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that song a million times before and um, definitely, you know, enjoy it. And just, I just love the way that riff plays out anyway. So just to hear Uncle Al give it his flair was a lot of fun. Um, Drifting Away is Robin Zander of Cheap Trick. So um, it's a lovable rock track. It had great guitar and bass lines, um, like the Cure-esque, mostly clean guitar melodies. And the distortion kicked in appropriately, I felt, on that one. Um, Memory of Love, it's Johnny Indovina from Human Drama. It was a nice change of pace on the album. The vocal layers were a nice touch. The rhythm's not straight ahead, you know, as far as like, it's not a 4-4 groove. The bass kind of pushes the pulse, and um, the octave backing vocals I thought were a nice touch, too. It was just real dynamic in nature. Uh, Look Up with uh, Tish Sirivalo. Um Sounds like that's uh, maybe his spouse, but uh, she's the founder of Daisy Rock Guitars. And so these are guitars that are kind of based around, you know, girls who want to rock. They have like lovely sparkles and cool shapes and finishes as well. I used to sell a bunch of those when I worked at the guitar store and I thought they were pretty kick-ass, honestly. So I thought like the track was really cool. Um, it was some tremolo vocals and some reverberated droney leads. And I, I just thought that, you know, it was kind of a nice throwback to that era of alternative music and how they played with those effects quite a bit. And of course, Unnatural Disaster was uh, very, very cool. Um, Doug and Ice-T. The only thing I wanted to hear was Ice-T kind of belt the chorus with Doug at the end. That was my only thing my ears were craving. But other than that, I thought it was a perfect tune. Um, let's see. Long Goodbye also had Wayne Hussey from Sisters of Mercy in there. Uh, it was kind of back to the pace of the album. I felt like uh, Unnatural Disaster kind of stood out in that it was just kind of like real rock and heavy and just kind of different from the rest of the feel but you know it's it fits still nonetheless but um the guitar is layered nicely on the long goodbye and good clean melodies with lots of delay uh beauty lies within um the line don't try to learn just try to be lyrics really caught me on that one i thought that was really cool um just a, a good tune to listen to as well uh and bloodless and fragile uh, i thought that was a great chill tune the sitar textures were a nice touch and it was real atmospheric so that kind of started the wind down of the album the last three tracks certainly had kind of a slow down and then again with the final track it picked back up like teabag said with the noisy guitar and the atmospheres and the feedback and stuff it just really kind of closed out the the album nicely um, I didn't write notes on the other ones as well, um, just from the sake of time, but I did give a 100% listen. Uh, I'm going to give it a solid four. I thought, you know, given the uh, sure. the roster of artists that were on there and their contributions and kind of playing on their style too, it looked like it was an open collaboration. Um, so it was enjoyable to kind of hear how the minds all mix together. And it's got to be a daunting task to put a project like this together with all these different artists to juggle too. So I'm going to give Mike props on that for sure. Um, we'll listen to this again as well. Yes. And lastly, <laughs> how timely is it that we're listening to an album with a lot of these styles that now that the cure is in the rock and roll hall of fame and that made the news. So it was like my mindset was already in that mood anyway, this week. So I thought that was uh, you know pretty interesting how, those coincidences tied together synchronicity if you will y'all well speaking of right it just seems like we all feel the same way about an album again i think our musical tastes are so similar that uh we're gonna do this a lot i can't wait until we find the record mm -hmm. 
splits us all up and we have a, an actual debate. Um, I'm just going to hit a couple of highlights because I felt so, so much the same way, except for maybe one song um, as the rest of you. Uh, Storm, I loved. It reminded me a lot of modern English mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. And, uh, you know, super catchy beat. Uh, Ashton Knight was great uh, on vocals. Drifting Away, I absolutely love because I love Cheap Trick. I love Robin Zander. Uh, so that was going to be a no-brainer for me unless it was awful. And it was not. <laughs> uh, I did. I differed on Look Up uh, with Teabags on that one. I felt like it was really atmospheric and it held that a little bit of the uh, you know 80s post-punk sound. Um, but it was a little more atmospheric and chill and it didn't really take off, but I didn't feel it really needed to. And uh, Servo was, was really sharp on that one. A Natural Disaster, uh, loved it. It was great. It was nice to hear. I hadn't listened to Ice-T in quite a while, so it was kind of refreshing to hear him again. And um, Boneless and Fragile, loved those deep vocals. And then that simple little drum beat in the background, a hint of a tambourine here and there. Um, That was just such a smooth tune. I really dug that. So those were the highlights for me. I didn't hate anything. I loved most of it. But those were my five big ones. Okay, cool. What's your rating? I'm going to go with a, uh, probably a four. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm definitely going to give it some more listens, which I think is the mark of a good record for us as we go back to it. I'm definitely going to do that because I really dug the sound. Yeah. <clears throat> it was, um, it just, it captured those, that sound, like Paul said, how ironic or, or whatever it is it is that it's happening during this time. But it, you did feel like you were transported back, but it held enough production value and, and, and all kinds of things to be rooted today. It was just, it was so well done. And that's why I said 3.8, because I actually mathematically went through and assigned numbers to each song. But you guys are saying four, and I would probably say four too, because 3.8, just when it all came out, just didn't feel right to me, because it's so well done. Um, yeah, I'd love to, I know we'll probably talk about it individually, or I mean, collectively as a group outside of here, but I'd love to see what we think about it in a couple months, because... I definitely have, like you said, maybe five songs that will definitely be in rotation for me. Cool. Yeah, and it's funny because I don't know about you guys, but, you know, talking about the nostalgia aspect of it, but I really was almost, I felt like mentally just placed back in time. Like I felt that mindset I had when this kind of sound was contemporary and, and you know, REM was on the radio quite a bit. And, you know, of course there were days where it's like, I don't want to hear REM right now. Give me some Master of Puppets or something. But nonetheless, <laughs> it, was, it was still, there was always a song from those styles that, I always gravitated to and you know of course disintegration by cure is is an anthem album for me i'll pop it in and listen to it cover to cover and you know even wish from the cure too i remember when that came out and i was in high school and you know an active music shopper so just you know listening to that from beginning to end and and just the feelings that i got from the moods that robert smith and and the gang provided you know this album kind of took me to that level in a different way and that you know he's that and i wouldn't say dabbling but he's collaborating and uh really indulging himself in different eras and different people that were part of those types of you know and collectively in that movement so it, yeah. it really just kind of kind of a whirlwind effect if you will because you're getting zigged and zagged and stuff like that and then you get al jorgensen in there is kind of a you know hard zag and then doug pinnick from king's x which is another hard zag a different direction but still it works it fits so i'm, yeah. I'm i mean bravo sorry, that transportation that you're talking about <clears throat> it's kind of struck a chord with me like this reminds me of when i used to make either a 
mixtape or a mix CD to like walk with in my headphones at Ball State, you know, or mm-hmm. go, you know, knew I was going to be painting for two hours, three hours or something at night. And you would make that thing for that same purpose. Yeah, you don't want REM back to back. You don't want this. You need you need that that flow to throw some ministry in there on top of you know right behind a Cure song or something. And this feels like a really well done mixtape from a friend. That's yeah, that's a very good point. I can I can align with that for sure. Cool, excellent. All right. Well, that puts a cap on the review portion. So, gentlemen, what were you listening to this week? Key bags. Okay. You were listening uh, to tea bags this week. I was, it, it was awkward. on, it was re- Yeah, it was definitely awkward. It was, uh, uh, I, I had to have a shower when I was done for sure to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You wore like headphones. <laughs> um, I should come out with my own line of headphones. They're like flesh colored and like, okay. <laughs> wet burlap. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, that's visual and there's texture. I hate you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of get them frayed enough so they're kind of fuzzy. Um, Sorry, listener. Yeah, rolled in cat hair. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, what I've been listening to this week is pretty simple because uh, for some reason, maybe it's just the anticipation of the album, but it's been almost all Lateralis and Ten Thousand Days for me with Tool. Just keep going back and listen to those albums over and over again on repeat and um and i'm getting ready to start at a bunch of people's requests including metalhead monday um the love death and rockets or, or robots not rockets love and rockets love, death, and robots, <laughs> uh, series on netflix plus netflix has a movie called highwaymen that looks pretty good it's got woody harrelson in it so those are on my list to watch but as far as listening to it's just been tool and I can't wait for the new album to come out. What about you guys? Very cool. Um, well, this week, I wasn't super eclectic either. I spent a lot of time with this record, uh, which was a good time. It was nice that we chose one that didn't come out on Friday. So we had a little extra lead time to listen to that. So that was cool. Uh, I, listened to, I hadn't listened to Rogan in a while. It takes so long. Um, I listened to the episode with Dr. Phil. Uh, it was a really good one. And it was a little shorter. Um, then some of it go three hours, but I think they just went under two, but it was a really good episode. I dug that. And uh, I did listen to a little Pantera this week. Got me in the mood to do the, uh, my way thing. Um, is there it's a better riff than Cowboys from hell? No. My gosh, Tough call. Been, yeah. It's so <laughs> good. I mean, yeah, obviously there's, but yeah, that's amazing. So that was pretty much my week of listening. Awesome. Good All. stuff. I'm just, I'm just proud of you for listening. Yeah. He was on spring break. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I should. I hurt, my, I hurt myself doing yard work though, so that should make you feel better. Man, I was in the house like laid up, hurt, so I didn't listen oh, much. That's bummer. Um, I uh, I should send you the uh, the my you know father daughter collaboration with my daughter the uh, metal spring break tune. So next next year you can have that to work in the yard too. Might do some circular head banging while you're you know picking up sticks or whatever. Um, let's see. So of course, listen to, you know, our, our album review this week. Um, I also listened to, well, we had a family get together. So I was hanging out with my brother for a little bit and we talked about the Metallica show. He was there, but he was, you know, up a little higher and we couldn't, link up because the crowd was crazy but uh, 
we kind of talked about some different bands and I turned them on to a few, one of which was high on fire. Um, kind of listening to some of their stuff again, real kind of fast paced sludgy. It's almost like motorhead times 20, you know, a lot more, um, loud and, and gritty in that regard. Uh, the, the band that Monday turned us on to ginger J I N J E R. They have a new EP that came out called micro and uh, teacher teacher is a really killer track on that. So I've listened to that a few times and turned my brother onto that. He was really floored that uh, she went from angelic to guttural in no time flat. He's like, that's her. So that was fun. You know, I'm going to have to do that to people say, yeah, check this out and just get the reaction. Um, and then also in the light of the rock and roll hall of fame, I listened to some disintegration, even um, popped in a little Depeche mode as well, just cause I wanted to kind of go back in time a little bit and, and enjoy myself. So that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's cool. I, I know the cure will be on my list this week as much as we've talked about them. <laughs> I know. I wish that was coming out a little sooner than next fall. Yeah. Um, kind of wet our appetites with that speech and everything, but uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. It's also interesting that he looks exactly the same pretty much. Yeah. I mean, obviously they all get a little older, but it's like <laughs> he could still pull off just being that Robert Smith persona that he is. Right. right he still right. sounds good. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah, I would All see right. them honestly if they come around anywhere close. I think I would go. Well, we got yeah. we got Cincy, we got Louisville, Chicago, all three hours or Columbus. So, oh, okay, I didn't know, I didn't even look up the tour. They've announced it. No, they have. I'm just saying that they'll most likely hit one of those locations. Oh, okay. And I'm good to go three hours. So, cool. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be in. All right. So, next week review. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not anything exciting coming out. Uh, unless you guys want to do Reba McIntyre. Uh, All right. So what we'll do is, <laughs> I think what we ought to do, since since T-Bags is on a mission right now, I think you should pick a Tool record in anticipation of the new album coming in June. And yes. let's do a retro review okay. of which Tool record. Go. Lateralis. Lateralis it is. Awesome. Yes. Be prepared for a few 10-minute... 12 minute songs and some songs that join together, but yeah. Well, I, this came out when we were both in Muncie together. Yes, that's right. I remember you're like, dude, I forgot my copy of Laterals. Can I borrow yours for a little bit? <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. no, it just right. does not seem like it was that long ago. No. You know, it's just shocking how long it's been since we've had a tool record. I know. 2006 was, was when they released 10,000 Days. So yeah, that's yeah. insane. It is crazy, but luckily Maynard is a workaholic and finds a way to work music in somewhere. But I was Steve yeah. and I had lunch today, Paul, and I was telling Steve like, there's just something about Tool because all of the musicians are so good too, and that's nothing to take nothing against the people that guest on Pucifer or the bandmates from Perfect Circle, but you know, Tool mm-hmm. is four equally talented musicians all kind of doing their thing, and it works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I think maybe it was Green Jello and they had, they kind of all intertwined with that camp too, but it's almost along, almost along the same veins where it's like they're good, but they were also good for the sake of not being what was common. You know what I mean? And uh-huh. they've embraced that to the fullest and you see the hard work and effort that creates these polyrhythmic and deeply, uh, you know, analytical pieces of music that, you know, you could probably drive yourself crazy to 
write a thesis on if you yeah. wanted to do that. So um, it's certainly cerebral, but it captivates so many people at the same time. And that's, that's a tough thing to do. So I will look forward to digging back into lateralis and, and uh, it was so clean the way they play. It's like oh, mm-hmm. live is the same as studio. I mean, they're just, yeah. So good. So yeah, I haven't listened to lateralis in probably a year and a half. So now, before we go, cause we're going to be doing that. Um, and I'm fully trying to anticipate how are you guys going to get me to shut up during that review? Like what kind of parameters <laughs> Are we putting on this? Because he's going to have the tea bags on. We can talk about it off air if you want, but I just, I will need some parameters because I could do an entire show by myself on that. Well, we may just sit back and let you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile. Hey, yes. <laughs> Every five minutes, one of us will say ditto. That's the whole show. Right. Well, can you sample ditto? <laughs> exactly. Ditto. Yeah. I think just for the sake of, you know, the devil's advocate kind of thing, one of us ought to just hate on a song just to see if we can throw tea bags oh, off. Well, I'll, I'll try to put something in my background here in case somebody watches a video of me just drawing it. Disagree <laughs> with me. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. All right. So next week, gentlemen, we are walking through the decades with the songs that define the decade for us. We are reviewing Lateralis, and we'll be checking in with Metalhead Monday, his K-pop fanaticism, and um, what we're listening to next week. Sound good? Sounds Sounds great. great. Excellent. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye now.